So here we are. This is Under the Ropes number two. What? what? In case you didn't realize it, we have broken the podcast out. We have the original Highfalutin Ski Bums, which we already posted. That it's one a little is cleaner. It's a little more focused. We've gotten some advice over the years about, and again, all advice is taken with a grain of salt. Some of the advice was, you know what? I really just want to hear about skiing and snowboarding. I totally understand that. Some people aren't into gondola, stupid stories, whatever. People move too fast. They got a lot of shit going on. They want to just kind of compress, right? Totally get it. And we understand that. And you know what's also good for us is to have two podcasts because it doubles the amount of content we have, the more ads we can sell. So we've decided to break it up into two podcasts. So this is the under the ropes portion. So this has the under the rope section, obviously, the gondola section, and any other additional, maybe a priori today related topics that we would want to discuss. Yeah. So far, it's actually been pretty well received. People are are digging the two separate podcasts. It gives them two things because we break out the distribution. Maybe Maybe the Ski Bum podcast one comes out on a Monday. This one might come out on Wednesday or Thursday. Breaks it up. Gives you more content during the week. Gives you more of us is really what it comes down to. And isn't that what we all want? A little more Maybe of us. Maybe the Ski Bum podcast one you listen to with your kids and your whole family. And then this one is kind of the private dark decadence of... Here's the, <laughs> it's a, I almost look at it as the Opre podcast, right? So... This is after the podcast. We're just kind of diving down. I'm already a little lit from like my like four opres skis that I opres that I had before. Well, it's like the, the, first, the original podcast is what you're sharing with your friends on the drive over to the mountain in the gondola, right. maybe at apre. This right. podcast is when you go out that night. Things are a little darker. Things are a little this, seedier. This is the one that you're like you left the, the family at home. Yeah. All right. Now that everybody's to bed, we could talk about what they talked about on this other podcast. We can get real. We can get real. Well, thank you for checking it out. We do appreciate it. All the info is the same though. Skibumpodcast.com. We're not doing any additional unique Twitter handles. It's all at Skibumpodcast. Same email, Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Same socials, same stream. Nothing is changing. We're just putting UTR on there so you guys know. One thing we do have now, we have a sponsor for the podcast. Boom. Yes. The good folks at Valon, they have decided to, to sponsor us. This is a pair of their ski aviator glasses that I am currently wearing. Very nice. Personally, I think they look stunning. I've been loving these things. They have a classic style, maximum performance. They Their whole thing is they do an update on classic styles using modern materials and technology. Their brand originates in Verbier, Switzerland. Nice. So this isn't coming out of Gotta Bayo, New Verbier. Jersey. Verbier, Switzerland. It's born out of a love of ski touring and schemo. It is an independent family owned business. They actually do a lot of really cool stuff. They are reasonably priced. I think these may be a hundred bucks, a little over a hundred for the glasses. Also have as an example, a pair of their Freebird goggles. Nice. Super nice. Sweet. These are really nice. They got a few different colors. They're pretty dark, but I also got a yellow lens for East Coast skiing. 
super nice goggles. Uh, nice. Can't wait to use Go them this week. But I got to tell you, I love these sunglasses. I wore them all day today because it's super bright out. I love big aviator glasses. And, you know, I used to be a, a big whore to the the O company, we'll call them. The big O yeah, we don't sunglasses want to those. I don't even want to talk about them. I'll tell yeah. you. I got to chuck all those glasses in the garbage now because I it's Luxottica, right? It's it's Luxottica. They own everything. They're, they're just a bunch of whores overpriced Italian nonsense. This stuff, Valon reasonably priced family owned. This is really cool. One kilogram of plastic waste is cleaned up for every sale they make to date. Over 54,000 pounds of plastic waste has been cleaned up. Nice. So they're, environmentally friendly they put out awesome products free shipping to the u.s express shipping available free returns now for our listeners only we have a special coupon code use ski bum 15 and you will get 15 percent off your order it's big that's which is huge. awesome they have two pairs of goggles available the free birds and the stairway goggles like i said these are the free birds they got a few different colors super sweet goggles. free bird, free bird man free again they have bird. their whole thing is they do like kind of unique vintage styling with modern modern optics nice. modern technology valon v-a-l-l-o-n dot store that's their website like vermont style glasses so check them out. They're also on Instagram, valon.classics. We really appreciate your sponsorship. Check out their stuff. Ski Bum 15 if you want a 15% discount. I think we're going to have to give a pair when people get on our yacht. Like, here's your pair, and here's your pair, and here's your pair. Enjoy. If you go back to the podcast we just posted, number 232, and if you want to join us on that yacht to your tour that expedition it's an expedition yeah how about if if we make that happen everyone gets a free pair of valon glasses yeah so at what point do you start calling a boat a ship a yacht like what's i want to know the terminology like i don't know that that i'm i'm too ghetto to know that like what does it become a vessel right a boat could be a rowboat or a fishing boat right then at what point does it become like a yacht and at what point does it become a ship and then a vessel like <laughs> it goes up and up <laughs> like is it size or is it purpose like i don't i don't really know i think we're gonna have to explore that more in 2021 i think we will this will be the post-covid exploration of yachting <laughs> that we're getting into america's cup is racing right now i gotta i gotta figure out like how i'm gonna get a yacht to like just go in and like they can't stop me. It's international waters. I could, I could sail wherever I want. Yeah. I'm gonna go in there and be like sail out sailing them. That'd be kind of cool. Nice. On the yacht that would take into the air. Uh, excuse me, uh, passengers. Hold on a sec. We're gonna be racing the America's Cup people for a little bit, giving them a little wake, give them a little how you doing. It's time for our pray today. So Mario, are you doing anything new? In your your apray, so my second apray, which is the uh, the post apray, it's early today. So we did this on a Saturday, Saturday, right? It's Saturday, um, yes. I've been you you and I have both been pretty busy, and like I'm losing track of time. It's that kind of busyness, uh, work and personal, and just shit going on. It's the holidays. Holidays get crazy. So 
uh, I switched over for this one to a <laughs> Neurosonic. Now, I don't know if this is going to kill me. This might like make my liver crap out. I have no idea. I never had one of these. But um, it has super fruit, inf- super fruit infusion, so that's a plus. Uh, and it has neuro, and it has a picture of a head. So I'm thinking like this is going to help my brain waves going. <laughs> Truth in advertising, um, right? Yeah, I added water to it because it's already a little, it's that fake sugary sweet kind of thing and add a little water to it, tasted a lot better. It's vegan, it says gluten-free, which I don't really care, lactose-free, low calorie, blah, 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 blah. Um, But they actually have, I think this brand is the one that has a bunch of them that are like, this is the one for like waking you up. This is the energy refresh one, but they have one for sleep and one for something else. Like, so I, I think they have even the smaller shot things. Oh, wow. Like neuro sleep and neuro energy and stuff like that. So I was just interested and I was like, hey, let me put this in the fridge just for, oh, here we go. Neuro.com. Drink neuro. Okay. So they have a neuro sleep, which is a mango one. White raspberry is a neuro bliss, reduced stress. And then they have the Neurosonic. So I kind of like the idea that it's kind of playing with your brainwaves to make you <laughs> shut down or relax or whatever. It's it's kind of like a, a weed without weed. Mm. Now they have a Neuroprobucha, which is a live probiotic tonic. Meyer lemon Ooh. ginger. Nice. They have an immune. I'm a big fan of the Meyer lemon. Forget the basic oh. lemons. I want the Meyer one. You know, they Lay do. Meyer. They do. Oh, and, yeah. Have you ever gotten them? Well, it's like key lime pie versus lime. Like key yeah. limes taste different. You ever get the little bag of key limes in the store? They're delicious. They're delicious. But I will tell you, if you're making key lime pie, it is such a chore having a, oh. what do you do when you de, de-juice them? Juice them? Yeah. Oh, you got to get that juice that's in the bottle. The, the Nelly uh, and Joe's or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that one's great. I make gimlets with that. It is. Oh, it's like key lime Gimlet. <laughs> Fucking great. It's, that's how you chug your gin. Yeah. Juice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm having this. Uh, I'm thinking it's going to do good because uh, my wife and kid are going to come home soon and we're going to go out. So I don't nice. want to be too, too wrecked. Up. We yeah. Yeah. You know. I hear you. How about so you, check Brian? Check this out. So I was drinking the Gluvine before. And this yeah. is what I have now. This is actually pretty incredible. And I'm drinking out of my Polygamy Porter coffee cup from Park City, Utah's Wasatch Brewery. I love this mug. Shout out to Park City. Mm -hmm. So crazy enough, I had the glue vine at the podcast. What this is, my wife actually made homemade hot chocolate. Mm. My son... He's three years old. He's drinking homemade hot chocolate. Now, I'm sure when he's going to friends' houses as a kid, they're going to be breaking out the Swiss Miss packets. And he's going to be like, what is this garbage you're giving me? This is not hot chocolate. Have you ever had real homemade hot chocolate? It's delicious. It's unbelievable. So I have a picture here of all the ingredients that are being used. I really should post this on Instagram because this this is pretty... It's like a huge amount of stuff in there. This is no joke. So this is using... Organic cocoa powder, monk fruit sweetener, back to the monk fruit, milk, whole milk, Hue, which is this brand of like amazing dark chocolate. We got this from Costco, these dark chocolate gems, only three ingredients, tiny bit of peppermint extract, and Mario's favorite, the Kirkland Irish cream in the giant jug. 
you go get a Swiss Miss packet that someone put a bunch of boiling, shitty, lead-filled water into and stir it up. Brown, sugary water. This tastes... It's thick. It's creamy. It's a giant hug from the chocolate universe. It's nice. unbelievable. That's nice. I mean, so this, my is, mom, this is so, so good. So my mom used to make from Puerto Rico. They have this like Goya sells it. It's like this. It's like a semi-sweet chocolate. And what you do is you got to grate it into the milk. So you boil the milk and you grate this chocolate into the milk. And then you you drink it like that's like that's the chocolate it's grated chocolate into milk and mm. then if you really want a treat they put a piece of cheese at the bottom of, of the cup cheese the, yeah piece of cheddar cheese or what you use um the real puerto rican thing was i think it might be like like a uh, farmer's Don't cheese like <laughs> yeah like a book. but you put it at the bottom and what you do is you drink the chocolate and then you get a spoon and you eat the the and it's a that's like a Spain Spanish thing that I heard later on in life, but I guess it translated it's like fondue. To, it's almost like yeah, you're starting with hot chocolate and you get your fondue at the end, right? You drink you drink your hot chocolate and they have crackers and you put that cheese on your crackers while you're either while you're eating it or at the end. It's like see, a treat at the see, end. Very interesting. I really think that warm drinks at Apreski just have not been fully explored attempted yeah i i feel like there's so much potential for warm drinks at apreski that it's it's like a huge untapped market especially in the u.s so that place i told you that opened up last week one of the the things that i love about them is they also own the bakery coffee shop next to them and this is a coffee shop that's been there forever and is right across directly across the street from starbucks and is still in business that's how good their coffee is right so now they opened a bar and they have a walkthrough so all the desserts you can get their baked goods like they do whole like a lot of bakery goods there and they do their coffee and on their menu, they have a whole line of coffee drinks with their wow. coffee. I'm like, that's freaking awesome. That's really sweet. You know? Yeah. You want to have that warm drink. And I tell you, making something like that, Benjamin should be like, this sucks. Yeah. I want my mom's coffee. I'm my just, mom's just knock chocolate. it off. Do it again. Do it again. This is, but it's going to drive him crazy when he gets older. Like I can't make it like my mom. That's, but that's what it is. It's a homemade recipe. We need to figure out. I, I don't know if, if Camelback has put out any sort of, warm bladder like a bladder to keep like a bladder thermos to keep beverages warm in your backpack they should should. right if not we could invent one this could be our calling maybe like i'm writing this down writing this down let's talk to the folks at yeti perhaps this could be our contribution to the ski world besides this podcast of course and with that talking about wonderful gifts let's get into the genjula Leafly has named their strain of the year for 2020. Boom. What do we got? It is Runtz. R-U-N-T-Z. Just like the candy, right? Is that, is this spelled the same way? Isn't there like exclamation points in that one? Uh, No, I think it's spelled the same way. Those are those little uh, sour candies that are shaped like, um, like fruit. Okay. I think, I think, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, they're delicious, but they're weird, and they're just mainly sugar. You eat them, you're like, I got a little flavor and a lot of sugar. That's all I got. But well, there's no sugar in this runts. 
Oh, that's awesome. All across the nation, this fresh hybrid won over the masses with its gorgeous trichomes, phenomenal aroma, and potent effects. As the love child of two other award-winning strains, Runts consistently rose in popularity and acclaim since its debut in December of 2017. It claims the throne after Leafly's independent review process that includes search trends, product availability, awards, and expert analysis. We would we have to be the experts to analyze that. Wouldn't it be an awesome job being a Leafly expert analysis a- analyst? I think is the proper word actually. Expert analyst. In order to give Runs our 2020 title, we must first start at the most important part: the experience of it. In Southern mm. Humboldt County, California, longtime cannabis cultivator Jason Gelman is the founder of Ridgeline Farms, which took an Emerald Cup in 2019 for Runs. He always grow. He'll always grow a greenhouse of the cultivar. He said. Growing this day and age, you look for three things. You want the look, you want the smell, and you want the taste. Runtz checks each box and tears up the scorecard. Gelman refers to the smell of Runtz as something like no other strain I've ever grown and describes its aroma as a syrupy berry cream with plenty of gassy notes. Damn. The color purple and pink in the summer with shades that go as deep as black purple in the fall. I see one of the comments in the article, one of the pictures with comments in there. It smells like an Oompa Loompa's dump hole. Whoa. But they said it's a bountiful giggle giggle bush that's coated with delicate fields of sugar. It looks like you could it could beat you in a fight and then steal your wife. And it smells like an Oompa Loompa's butthole. Or dump hole. <laughs> Folks, this is a type of green bud you'll take home to your mama for Sunday night dinner. (laughs) Five stars. Five fucking stars. That's awesome. It says it smells like candy, grapes, and gas. Like gasoline. (laughs) Candy, grapes, and gas. Damn. (laughs) Well, this goes on and on. If you want to read more, we'll have the link in the show notes. But, well, they show the uh, like the hybridization of what was combined to get it right, and it's like th- Girl Scout cookie Thin Mint with sherbet, which made gelato, which yeah. then goes into runs, and then it was grape ape and grapefruit, which makes skittle uh, skittles. Z- skittles with a z, yeah. and it's basically the gelato and the skittles. Basically, we're making super weed at this point. That's what we're doing. We're hybridizing for the best, awesome. <laughs> they have another comment. Best choice I ever made. No buyer's remorse. If you ever encounter some runs, jump at the opportunity. I know that it will most likely not see anything as well engineered as this for years. This is a real deal. Five stars. As of today, over 100 rap songs mention the word runs, according to lyrics website genius.com. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, runs is blowing up. They're showing um, a picture. Oh, they don't say who it is. But it's like, oh, here is Long Beach, Long Beach based rapper Young LB first de- debuted the hype strain at, at the highly influential Emerald Cup in Santa Rosa, California, December 2017. Um, and it was trademarked runts. And they have a picture of like shit that he wears on a chain. And it's like all runts in like diamonds. <laughs> you see that thing? It's yeah. freaking awesome. Jokes up, white runts. 
<laughs> the the one with the with the uh I guess it's like purple diamonds on it or something like that. That looks pretty it's like sweet. It's dripping down, yeah. Yeah. Damn. So speaking of uh speaking of a nice strain that you get. So this week I actually um so last week I had my video re-up with my doctor for medical marijuana here in Florida. And part of my conversation was like, look, you guys came out with edibles and they say, I can't get them until you, you give me a prescription. So they're like, yeah, we'll give you a prescription for that. So I can buy, I think it's 14,000. What's the milligrams? volume of uh, milligrams of, of edibles? Jeez. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, that's pretty awesome. So wow. I took the edible for the first time um, and I took a half. Like they say there's five milligrams in each edible. So I took half. I'm like, yeah, well, let me just do that. That thing hit me like a freaking freight train. <laughs> oh, really? I was just like so high. I was like, wow, I got to really back it off. So I talked my wife into maybe having a little sample, just a little bite, probably like an eighth. And she... He was like, what the fuck did you do to me? <laughs> she was mad. She's like, I'm never taking that again. Was so, it a gummy or was it? It was gummy, but it was like a quarter. I gave her an eighth of a gummy and she's a lot smaller than me. So it got her pretty tuned up and she wasn't expecting it. Uh, I took a quarter of it the other day and I was like, well, that still hit me with a good punch. So I don't know what strain they use though. They just say edible, but they don't say what's in it. Dude, I, 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 I have to completely almost not do anything right now just because last time we podcasted i took my my little syringe full of my tincture that i like <laughs> you took it, a lot didn't it, you? well it was it was like a normal dose and i it hit it hits later it takes like two hours to kick in so yeah. i was feeling good during the under the ropes podcast and then it was still going as i was going to sleep my son came in the bedroom at like uh. four in the morning three in the morning which was probably in the middle towards the end of when this stuff was kicking in. And I thought for sure he had crapped his pants. Like I thought like my brain was just working weird. I, he just woke me up. I was like, I'm like, buddy, I'm like, did you poop your pants? He's like, yeah. I'm like, Oh no. So since because of the whole COVID thing, my wife and the baby are in one room. I was sleeping in the guest room. He came in the guest room. I'm trying to help him out. I'm like, buddy, I'm like, oh no, that's not good. So I'm like no. taking down his his, di- his pajamas. His He wears a diaper when he goes to sleep. I took it down. I had to go find another diaper in his room. I'm wandering around trying to find stuff. And then I get back and I take down his diaper. I'm like, there's nothing in here. Like he just farted. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I swore to God he pooped his pants. So false like, alarm. False just, alarm. Pops. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm like, I, you know what? I'm not. I can't take anything for a while now because I just yeah. I can't deal with these like waking up in the middle of the night. And you know what? It's just the way life works. The one morning he actually slept in. I had to wake him up at seven thirty or I think it was almost seven forty five was the morning I woke up at six o'clock to get up and do stuff. And it's just wow. when there's days I want to sleep in, he'll jump in the bed at six o'clock. It's just the hilarity, the comedy that is life. That is parenthood. It happens, right? <laughs> but I tell you what, it's, I don't know what they put in these little gummies, but I'm like, it is potent AF. Like yeah. it is bad. I mean, I made my own coconut oil with the weed infusion. So I remember I put that on Instagram That's and I cool, use that. Yeah. To, I use that to make eggs. 
it was either last week and the weekend before. And I used just a half a teaspoon because I think I measured it out. Now, this is the messed up part is you, you kind of estimating based on, so I have medical grades. So they tell you like how much percentage is like THC and not. So it helps to say how much you put in versus how much is in there and then how much you're going to use. So there's actually, I found, I forgot what it's called, but they have a calculator. You put all this in and it tells you about your yield. What about you're going to get per tablespoon of THC? Very helpful. So I made a, a mix that I think is about eight, eight milligrams per teaspoon. Right. Okay. So put a half a teaspoon in or, or eight milligrams per tablespoon. I forgot it's a tablespoon. It's a pretty big difference. It's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, big difference. But I put a half a teaspoon in my eggs and I made them for, for breakfast. Like I think it was sun, last Sunday or two Sundays ago. And I tell you what, I felt nice and chill. I was like, this is awesome. Oh, like, nice it, and chill. Good. It gave me a nice relaxed feeling. I think it's a little bit less than, you know, I was thinking four milligrams. I think it's a little bit less than that, but it was like perfect. I had eggs and I was like ready for the day. Fully functional. Awesome. I think it's also the delivery of how you get it. You get it through, yeah, probably through the oils and through food. Yeah. It's so like, yes, food. Differently. Yeah. Best eggs I ever ate. Nice. <laughs> Little butter and coconut oil. Boom. Huevos rancheros. Oh, it's good. I think nice. I gotta make those tomorrow. Tomorrow there might be go. good for that. See. Easy like Sunday morning. It's fun day Sunday. Why not? Under the ropes. This first story is all you. This is Florida. So Florida has new python sniffing dogs and they have success. So you know what's really weird? Like you don't you don't see it on a regular basis, but pythons are a big problem down in Florida. Like it's it's no joke. Like they're around. They can um, get gigantic too. Well, and they're thriving down here because they're like it's warm. There's a lot of food around, you know. And there's they're, no they're, natural predators for them. Yeah, That's I mean, the biggest you, get, problem. you get a hawk every once in a while or an eagle will take one of those out, but they got to be a certain size. Once they get too big, they're like, I'm not dealing with that. You know, who's going to take them out? That and the pig bomb, the big pigs, the feral pigs. That's another problem. They actually have places. At least you can they're hunt delicious. Them. I know. And they have places you could hunt them. So I may look into that because that would be a good hunt. Like get a whole bunch of barbecue after. Ooh, right. Um, so they actually have these uh, python sniffing black Labrador retrievers that track down his first snake in a new program that Florida is using to eradicate the invasive species. So um, this being a big deal. So actual Florida Fish and Wild Game Wildlife uh, Conservation Commission uh, recently began training uh, this dog as like a prototype for their their program where they want to train more dogs to help go out and hunt. It's messing up the Florida Everglades ecosystem because they're devouring native anim, uh, mammals and birds, disrupting the, the balance of predator and prey. They're actually estimating between 100,000 and 300,000 pythons that are oh out my there. God, that is, I would, Isn't I know you, I would leave that state. I could not live in a state knowing there's 300,000 goddamn pythons. So Jesus. last, last they eat small deer, eat deer, a, a snake. Yeah. Oh, so it's saying females can lay up to 100 eggs. Um, and the trainers, uh, I guess to train the dogs, they use a, 
uh, towels scented with live pythons, surgically implanted uh, implanted trackers to teach the dogs to pick up a snake scent, and they they wound up training them. So they're saying, well, the Burmese pythons have been known to eat small alligators and small deer. Truman and Eleanor are trained to stay about three feet away from the reptiles. So that's social distancing from the reptiles. Well, now that they got to stay away from being eaten. They eat sure. deer. Yeah, of course. They eat deer. They'll swallow up one of these dogs like no problem, you know? So this is a real big battle. And it's funny. Like people make fun of it. Like even down here, they're like, ah, that's funny. We got Python. This is a real problem. Like, I mean, why aren't they just chucking grenades in the Everglades? Like Dude, just, they gotta do something. Like a couple grenades a day. Yeah. So there's actually people you can go out and you could hunt for them and you bring them back and you get a bounty for every python that you catch. So there's people that make a living out of, I'm going to go hunt some pythons, you know? So they said they hired, uh, they commissioned uh, snake hunters hired by the state and they captured about 6,300 pythons over the last four years. And he said nearly 40% of that was in 2020 alone. So 6,300 of the 300,000. Yeah. So that's, this is why it's such a big problem because they're laying eggs and just, it's crazy. Um, Now imagine, imagine Florida said, we're going to legalize weed. So, and the proceeds are going to go to train dogs to catch pythons. Is that the ultimate win, win, win right there? I think we should breed American bald eagles with something else bald eagle and hawk so they're very resilient to go snake catching things just go get snakes because i was actually talking they had something down here it was like a, a festival like a street festival a while ago and they had this uh preserve that was there and what they do is they rest they're like predator like aviary whatever so it's all hawks and falcons and stuff like that hawks falcons and, and eagles and they do have bald eagle down here and other eagles but they said like on the preserve they'll see these eagles and they train them and all of a sudden they'll break from their training, like their flying pattern. Cause they haven't trained to do something. And they'll be like, Oh, what's going on? Did, you know, are they going off on their own? And they'll see them. They'll just jump down and they'll grab a snake. And they're like, yeah, they love doing that. Like, that's what they do. Like it's innate. Like, so Wu-Tang! Like, Boom. And like, they'll be like, Oh my God, it's going, where's it going? And they don't see anything, but, their eyes are so good. They'll see a snake from like far away. Just boom, grab that thing. Dude, I oh. love how gangster eagles are. They'll just find something that may be like five times bigger than it. Oh but yeah. They'll, they'll pick it up, bring it up just high enough that they can drop it. And then the drop will kill it. And then they can eat it. Yeah. Like how, oh, the, how thug life is that? They're badass. And, and you totally know, they badass. look so, they look so cute and shit. Like on somebody's, you know, on these preserves, you're like, oh, these are cute little falcons. Like, yeah, don't get too close to them. They'll tear your eyes out. Cold-blooded killers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, they're great. They're they're awesome. But, yeah, snakes are a fucking problem. And so driving to West, to West Palm Beach. So I drove. So I'm in Tampa. Drove to West Palm Beach. You drive across Alligator Alley, right? That's what they call it. Yeah, it's and, like Route 75, right? Yeah, there's basically all these, like, it's just swamp on the on the side of the road. So if you go off the side of the road, well, this wasn't true alligator alley. That's the one coming, I think, north to south, where it's up Ireland. I don't know. But we no, drove it goes across. from uh isn't it like Fort Lauderdale and Naples? Yes, but we went a little bit higher than that. So we were above Alligator Alley. It's very similar. So it's on the border of Alligator Alley. And uh 
you know, you see the swamp and it's one of those things. If you go off the road, like Adelgaia is really bad. Like you go off the road, you're going into swamp and you might get like eaten by something. Like it's pretty bad. So what if you're like, you're like, like a flat tire in the middle of the night, yeah. you kind of go oh, careening you, off to the side. You might get eaten. Yeah. Uh, either hit by a truck and then get eaten or just get eaten, you know? But yeah, so we drove across and it's funny as we're driving across, I'm looking at these crazy little swamps and I'm like, there's probably like pythons and freaking alligator and a whole bunch of crap. They actually put chain link fence on the border because there's so many animals that would cross and like you'd hit, you know what I mean? So they try to limit like what you hit. Number one, to protect some of the animals, but also because there's so many animals out there that like you don't realize like you'd be riding over like a ton of snakes or alligator, or, you know. 20 foot alligator whatever they got in there like it's like wild doesn't it seem like a really good place to get rid of a body like if well that's that's what perhaps perhaps you were in need of doing that yeah well the mafia is down uh between miami newport richie there's a big mafia presence and i don't think clearwater too much but i know newport richie was big miami that whole lauderdale like the whole uh, corridor and they used to dump bodies in the uh, Everglades never to be seen because you know what something's going to eat it a lot of things are going to eat it if this is a problem you have this seems like a good solution right and if you still today it holds true if you want to get rid of something throw in the Everglades that's the move right pythons may get it alligators hawks who knows maybe even that dog might eat it who knows yeah right those dogs are pretty cool I'm a little terrified I don't want to see a python I don't blame you. I don't like snakes in general. I remember one time visiting my brother in Palm Beach. He's on the other side, a little little bit further south. They got these big ass palmetto bugs. Have you ever seen those? No. They're like the size of like so you know your mouse that you use, like the average size mouse for a computer? Picture a beetle a little bit bigger than that. And he had his door open one day and that thing came in. It was like somebody threw a baseball in the thing. I'm like, what the f is that? I'm like running around. He's like he kicked the thing out out of the, the the room, out of the the you know the balcony door that he had open, and then closed the door. He's like, ah, oh, it's a palmetto bug. I'm like, that doesn't scare you. He's like, no, it scares you for the first month or two, and then you realize like that's just what we have. They're harmless. They're just beetles. I'm like, they're the size of a baseball. Like that's that's gross. How do that's- you live with that around you? Yeah, they're like, oh, those are palmetto bugs. I'm like, yeah, that's not right. So, Isn't it funny the things you just get used to having around that if you just showed up to that place without experiencing, yeah. you'd be like, what is this and why is it here? Like, like oh, kind of yeah. you just. Yeah. Well, there's a, a national. So, um, up by Dunedin, there's Honeymoon Island. And I don't know if it's Honeymoon Island or Caldice Island. So, it was basically this big island that got split by one of the hurricanes way back. So people, it's so shallow that people will try to walk or, or, or swim across to, from one to another. But there's these little sub islands that are supposedly like just tons of snakes on. And I'm like, how the, how the hell did they get snakes on there? But I guess like either somebody introduced the snake or there was a snake on the island when it got split from everything else. And all of a sudden they bred. So it's just an island of snakes. I'm like, that's terrifying. Why Why would you want an island of snakes? Can't they just put like a bomb to like incinerate everything on there and start over? Like, yeah, that's, that, there's no saving that island. Like you said, just, just bomb it. Like just something. I don't know. Get rid of it. Like, I don't know. It's bad shit. It's just yeah. nothing good can come from that. 
That is so horrible and terrifying. But at least we have dogs now on the front line. God bless these doggies. We need more of them. Press them. Yeah. I got one final story. And this one is near and dear to my heart. Guy Fieri, the old mayor of Flavortown, everyone's favorite. He now sells Guy's trash can nachos kit. Awesome. I don't know if you checked this link out. I okay. have, I, I think I posted something about inst- on Instagram this week about it. There's a bunch of different varieties of it. Now, I will be honest with you. I used I to ordered that Instagram post to my wife who also you? loves nachos. She's you and her are nacho connoisseurs. Like that would be a meal for you guys. You love them that much. I will tell you, I used to hate Guy Fieri just for every reason why everybody hates Guy Fieri. There's just countless reasons why you would want to hate him. I like him. I, I was always like, I like some of the stuff he does. Why not? I, I used to just hate him, but I will tell you, I have come to appreciate Guy Fieri. I know I've, I, I've heard he's actually like a really good person. Like our buddy Rich actually met him and, and did like a, a segment on his show, which I don't know if it even aired yet or not. Cause I know it's crazy, ridiculous COVID year. Everything is kind of out there, but as a nacho connoisseur that I am, I see this kit and all I want to do is just bury my face in these nachos and in this year, this crazy asterisk year of 2020, think about something like this in your car for apres ski. If you have a whole nacho kit, the only thing I'm trying to figure out, how would you melt the cheese? Like, is there some sort of, like, could you use a heat gun? Could you plug a hairdryer into the cigarette lighter in your car and toast it that way? This is my only the only thing I'm, I don't quite know how to do because this particular type of cuisine would be perfect for the in-car apres ski scene that we're all going to see this year. Dude, these look great. And they have like, I guess the nacho parts are shaped like, like just like you would need, like the full size of the can that you would use to kind of form them. It's like perfect. Like it's, it's ridiculous and beautiful at the same time. They're like stacked perfectly. My mouth is watering looking at them. I just got to say. Right? It's yeah, it says uh, the kit ships with ice packs because they have meat ones too. I'm currently looking at the barbecue brisket one because they have a pulled pork one. They have a vegan one. They have a bunch of different ones. So the directions are, so you got to use a broiler. And so you got to microwave the cheese. So there's, I think logistically for apres ski, there might be a few complications here, but I know we can figure out a way to do this. I know we can. Maybe if you like defrost some of the, the ingredients that need to be microwaved when you leave the car. So say you have this little kit here, you take the cheese and the sour cream out when you leave to go skiing. And then when you come back, you have your heat gun, which you use to melt the cheese. I think a heat gun could take care of a lot of this, to be honest. Oh yeah, he, you could heat gun like cook anything. I mean, they get pretty hot. Yeah, because there is a bit have of a heat gun. Have a heat gun. At the moment, I don't. Oh, those I things have are a, great. I have a glue gun. Glue gun's could not you, the same as well, heat gun. Hey, could you use string cheese in the glue gun? Oh, that'd be great. Like a you know, it comes in like the like the glue comes in those little tubes. If could you yeah. like could you load like mozzarella sticks into that? That like, would be sweet. You get mozzarella right? sticks to shape and just push them right in there. But like, 
does anybody want any fresh mozzarella? And just like, you know how they grate cheese at a restaurant? But like you have your little blue gun, like who wants fresh mozzarella? We're like, what? No, we have fresh mozzarella in this house and just go right on it. See, this is the beauty of the pandemic. It is making us think outside the box. Yeah. And we're cooking more. We're 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 interested in cooking, making our own stuff. Yeah. So I am writing to Rebecca, who is the media contact for Guy Fieri. I want to see what we can, if we can have Guy on here or make some nachos or something. In like an in-car apreski nacho. So we can take his kit and then apply our creativity and our, our hardware to making this happen in the car. Oh, yeah. Car Fieri. Car Fieri. Guy Ferrari. There's a way we can make this work. I think we got to get the guys from Fast and Loud, Guy Fieri, and then us, and we can make like a whole opera ski vehicle. What about Al- what about the guy from Pimp My Ride exhibit? What about him? Oh yeah, because we got to get like a tap system or something. Like we could, we get exhibit, we get all of us in there. Like a no, four, no dog. Four. I heard you like nachos. <laughs> I heard you like nachos and PlayStation. So boom, it's like we got Guy Fieri doing the nachos. You got the the big TV that he puts in there. They always put big TVs. Yeah, the big TV. Loud will make it like a low rider with like some cool ass shit on there. That'd There's cool. got to be a way we can have like a warm cheese dispensing station. Oh, uh, have a oh, even better. You have like a tap. You have taps for for beer, like craft beer, and yeah. then a tap for cheese. Yeah. Well, or also too, I think I sent it to you guys on uh, Black Friday weekend. You and Nick, that salamander that I wanted to order, the grill. Yeah. It's the one of those grills that it's made for pretty much cooking like ribeye steaks. Gets the fifteen hundred degrees propane. Get one of those in there. You could actually toast your nachos or your steaks in that thing. So I'm in the trunk. You have the the, you know the the door right on the outside. So like, you know how you have the license plate, like right above the license plate, you have like a door for the, so you can use your little salamander. Or, you know, like, you know, like the old school, like SUVs had the tire on like a swing. It would yeah. have like, you could put a grill, that thing on the swing. So you kind of open up, bring it to the side and use it. That's good because then you have room for your PlayStation and your big ass TV. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, obviously. And, well, break out. I, I'm more concerned about my molten cheese station. <laughs> molten cheese. Oh, you could have it where you got to run it. It runs off the carburetor. You got to cook it. You got to cook something on the carburetor. Dude, what about a lava lamp that was actually just cheese and you could just like tap it? Cheese, a cheese lamp. that you Like tap. a cheese lamp. Like forget the lava lamp, a cheese lamp with a tap. Cheese so you're pretty lamp. much combining the lava lamp with 7-Eleven. How they have that like pump cheese. <laughs> You know, my mouth is salivating again. I don't know. I'm I don't know so why. hungry after talking about this. Starving right now. It's like past my dinner time. I'm like waiting for my wife to get. I just want to eat right now. I think we, that's our cue to wrap this up in so we can go eat some nachos. I'm going to write to Guy Fieri, his people. Let's do it. Talk to his people. Talk to our people. We'll make this happen. Oh, yeah. We'll get it to happen. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We hope you're enjoying the Under the Rubs podcast. We're having fun doing it. Again, if you want stickers, hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to get out there. We're going to get skiing. We're also going to keep talking about all this ridiculousness that we we love to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. Not sure when the next podcast is going to come out because the holidays are hitting next week. So have a wonderful Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Hope you had a good Hanukkah. Happy New Year. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep having fun. 
Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks everyone. Stay happy. Stay fluent. See you. Merry Christmas.